welcome and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, Black Women Amplified Tribe. It is your girl, Monica Wisdom. And I am so excited that you are here with us today. We have a very special guest in the building, and I can't wait for you to meet him. And I can't wait for you to hear our incredible conversation. Eric Roberson is a man with many gifts. His art connects with the human spirit in a way that invokes joy and connection. He is a legend amongst legends who is grounded in generosity and integrity. Beyond his incredible collaborations with our favorites, including Jill Scott, Najee, Music Soul Child, Vivian Green, and DJ Jazzy Jeff, Eric dominates stages across the globe, from London to Japan. As an independent label CEO, Eric's Blue Arrow Soul has thrived for over 21 years has garnered 16 albums, scores of videos, and two Grammy nominations. This husband and father of three has released his latest song, Lessons, that has evolved into a full studio album, a remix with Kevin Ross, Raheem Devon, and Anthony Hamilton. This project has also inspired a new book called Lessons, 100 Thoughts About Life and Love. Some call Eric a modern philosopher. I simply call him my friend. I could go on forever about how remarkable he is, but I'd rather you hear it for yourself. So sit back, get some wine, and enjoy our incredible conversation with Mr. Eric Roberson. Good evening, Mr. Roberson. How are you? I am blessed. Good evening to you as well. Welcome to the Black Women Amplified podcast. I am so excited to have you here, and I want to thank you for spending this time with us. I know that you are a busy soldier out fighting bad music everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to erase it off the face of this. Right, right. All right, Superman. So I want to get into this interview head on. Okay. You have an amazing album out. You have an amazing book out and I have enjoyed both of them tremendously. Thank you. And this is, I don't know how you did it. Your second album in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Look at that. I don't know how, I don't know how you do what you do. I think there's probably about 10 of you. So when you started this project lessons, was it meant to be a full album? No, I, I'm constantly creating, I'm constantly writing, but I definitely, you know, we had just did here from here, right? At the start of the pandemic. And I, I don't think I was, I, it, having an album wasn't even on the radar for me, but I do know that I'm always creating and usually the creativity will let me know when I have an album ready, usually. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, because you'll find some level of groove. 
there's two things that will happen. Either attention will let you know mm-hmm. or the creativity, the groove of the creativity will let you know. This time, both happened. I was, I got into a beautiful zone in writing mm-hmm. and felt very nice about it, felt very good about what I was creating. And at the same time, what I was sharing was getting a tremendous level of, of, of movement, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was like, oh, you know what? I think we have an album. <laughs> I think we need to slow down and look at this <laughs> and see what else to add to this to kind of complement it the best way. Because people really responded to lessons, you know, more. I mean, it was, it's been one of our biggest records of recent recent years, you know. So mm-hmm. at some point, you got to acknowledge the obvious and and acknowledge the current of what's coming towards you, which direction you're supposed to go. Right. And researching for this conversation, I went down the Eric Roberson rabbit hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> And you have such a massive career with the people that you've worked with, the project you've worked on, the 16 albums. I mean, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. I know people that are sitting on one album every 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So the 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 ability to put all this out and the success that you've had. I just wanted to ask you, what was your dream when you started this road of Mm -hmm. Blue Arrow Soul? That's a great question because I was still trying to figure out my dreams at that point. You know, I think, you know, it comes a point in your life where you start realizing what you wanted before you don't want right now or what you thought you wanted. You don't really want. And and to be even fair and being honest, certain things become a little out of reach and you can be fine with that. You know, at one point. At one point, naively, I wanted to match Stevie Wonder's career. I want to say, man, I want to be able to do everything Stevie Wonder did. And at some point, like, you know what? That's for me to do that. The sacrifice I got to do in all the other aspects of my life to kind of match. I'm kind of cool with with chasing that, (laughs) (laughs) chasing that dream. Right. You know, but, you know, what I will tell you when I started Blair Soul, I think the one thing is that I wanted to grow old doing music. Mm-hmm. That was my dream. That was my overall goal. And I don't think it's changed. That that part hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife was just recently talking about retiring. Not she's retiring anytime soon, but just her retiring. And I was like, right. you know, just so you know, I'm, I don't think I'm ever retiring. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think so. I'm going to do this till the wheels fall off for real. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm retiring. And I think at that time when I made that decision or when I had that clarity that that's, that's what the dream was from that point on, I've been working towards that. What does that mean? I, I have to own equipment and own my master. So no one could ever stop me from doing this. Right. Obviously I need to take some level of business serious so that there's a level of income that doesn't let me stop this. Correct. And, and then at the same time, take care of myself so that my instrument is healthy enough to be able to, do this in the foreseeable future as well. So I think the dream was to grow old doing music. Many <laughs> things have changed, but that hasn't. <laughs> and you are definitely on the road to doing that. And I want, <laughs> cause I'm getting old. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I see a little gray beard. I see a little gray Amen. beard. <laughs> Amen. I wanted to also know this album, uh, this song lessons, the album comes out April 1st, exploded. Like I've never seen with an independent artist and you are your own machine. So I wanted to know from a spiritual level, what was your prayer before you began the project? That's a good question. I mean, I think the prayer is, has been the same. And that prayer is 
to not let any of that affect my creativity. And you probably know this. I think we, we, I might have shared this with you as well as with your brother that, you know, I, I don't really hold critiques or compliments long. Right. They don't, they don't affect me either side. You could tell me this is my worst album. You could tell me this is my greatest album. What I will tell you is that when I walk in that studio, I won't carry that in there with me. Right. I appreciate it. I hear it, right. you know, but I learned a long time ago that neither, neither side can really affect me because they, either side can do a tremendous amount of damage mm-hmm. to the steps that you take. So what I will tell you is that we're in the attention business. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And you can't take it personal when the attention is not turning your way. Mm-hmm. What I will tell you is that I operate the same way when the attention isn't there that I do when the attention is there. Now, from a marketing standpoint, my team, my team is on fire right now. They are firing (laughs) off on all cylinders and that's what we are prepared to do because we say, guess what? When the attention shifts our way, we do not let it go. And then they've worked very hard at that, you know, and I'm at the helm of that. We're in the meetings. We're we're putting together the marketing plans to do that. But really from a creative aspect and from a dream standpoint, and you know, listen, I, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, I probably gained from Oshun Day. Like I, that's my brother. I learned so much from him, yeah. but this stuff ain't mine. Right. I found it. I put it together. And the moment that I go like this, it's not mine anymore. It's yours. It's theirs. So come Friday when the album comes out, it's no longer mine. Right. You know, it's whoever receives it and how it makes them feel and how it makes them move. And then I go to make the next thing. And, and and I mean that wholeheartedly. So I don't really spend much time, to be honest, on praying what it does, because I know it ain't mine. Right. I, know I have no control. I have no control of what it does. You know, we're going to, as a business, we're going to work to make sure that money comes back in from what we do. Uh-huh. But the overall purpose of it is to move people. And how it moves people, I have no idea how that's going to be. Uh-huh. You know, I can assume but I hope that it moves people the right way or moves people how it, how they feel it should move them. So I think my prayer is more that I can remain small mm-hmm. in the overall aspect of the process, you know, and not mm-hmm. let, you know, the worst thing I could ever do is man lessons responded so well. <laughs> let, let me try to do another song that responds right. so well. Like, no, it's, you know, that's, Michael Jackson syndrome. <laughs> Yeah, like, no, nah, I'm good, B. <laughs> I'm good. Trying to chase Thriller. <laughs> Let's dial back. No, no, you know. And you know, that's funny because you bring up, that brings a great point where I feel like the industry, I, I, that's one of the things I've never enjoyed about the industry. And it's that, that everything has to beat out the last thing. Like everything has to be better than the last thing. And right. And I, you know, I mean, if I had a really big meal one night, the next night I just might want a sandwich, you know, it's like, so if, if the next project doesn't beat out the last project, then you know, you're a failure or you lost it or you no longer have it in the industry, the major industry, mm-hmm. that's how they operate. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree right. with that whatsoever because if you're naturally creating, some things are going to catch fire and some things aren't. And, and truth be told, the things that don't catch fire, it doesn't mean it wasn't as good as the thing that did catch fire. Just sometimes right. it's timing and, and all those different different variables. So I often say the success for me is just the creativity that I can serve mm-hmm. someone what we, what we put together. Period. And your, 
and you're serving your art, which is a powerful place to be. Right. Because one thing about your albums is they are very varied in what you present. Mm. One album can have more of a bit bit of a hip hop feel. One album yeah. can be more of a crooner. Like you just explore music and your art. And that's why I believe people stay engaged with you because they grow with you. Yeah. As opposed to each album sounding like a, a continuation of the next album. You better listen to my music. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I, listen. I mean, because I'm growing, right? Because I'm yes. growing and I try to, yeah, I don't think there's much. I've never, I've never made an album in hopes to change someone's opinion of me. Mm-hmm. Or I've never made an album to try to appease a certain group. It's still esoteric. It's still whoever's meant for is meant for. I'm fine mm. with who it's not meant for. And, um, and yeah, sure, we're dealing with a, a, a larger level of attention right now with lessons, and we're taking advantage of that, but but it still doesn't change the process. Everything is still esoteric, you know? 100%. The, I, I ain't trying to change anybody's courses. I'm not trying to win anybody over or whatever. Who? This is really, I'm lighting a flare for those who know. Yes. I'm lighting a flare for those who want to come. Yes. You want to feed off of this? Come on in. We're yes. here. We're here to serve. And that and that's, and that's the table, it. the table has been set. The table has been set. <laughs> Amen. The utensils have been washed. <laughs> yes. Thoroughly. Thoroughly. You know? So come feast with us, please. Okay, I'm gonna stay in your music for a second. One thing I noticed about this album is it's a bigger album. Hmm. Meaning, I think the production is bigger. I think the characters you create are um, more complex in each song. And I also feel like you're pulling from your musical theater background hmm. in this album. Because even the, the previous album, uh, Here to Hear, is that the correct ter- title? Here, here from Here. Here from Look Here. At you, you don't know my music. Look at that. Uh, I do. So now I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> It was more hip hop ish, which is a, a a land you stay in where like the way that you sing is much more uh, like a MC as opposed yeah. to a crooner. Whereas this one has moved over into like orchestrations and harps yeah. and violins yeah. and and the horn section. Like I can't wait to. See, I would love to see this album. And I know I'm talking too much, but on on mm-hmm. a symphony stage Ooh. with a full like that's where I see this. Like on the level of a Josh Groban or a Michael Buble or something like that. It's just a bigger mm. album. And was that intentional or is it just a part of your organic growth? I don't think it was intentional. I can't really take that much credit. But what I will say, and this is not necessarily to speak down on anything that's happened before. But what I will tell you is that I feel like... All parties involved on this album, from mixing the album to even doing the artwork, mm-hmm. there was um, a higher level of connectivity and communication. And just even uh, Brother Antone, who mixed the album, mm-hmm. talking with the producers, there was more conversation. Mm-hmm. There was more conversation. And I think to a degree, everyone involved kind of felt like this project was very important, Mm, mm -hmm. you know? And I think even with this record, I think I left a lot more room for everyone to voice their ideas, Yeah, you know? And I think a lot of times, like even when we say here from here, 
might have been more like this is the crazy stuff I got in my head. Everyone, everyone, <laughs> right, you grab a guitar and join me. Ah, you know, right. and and I, and a lot of albums are made that way. And guess what? It doesn't mean it's bad or less or whatever. Where this album was a little bit more made of. Okay, this is the idea. How do we flush this out more? What do you think? Oh, let's try to flush it out this way. Okay, well, mm. let me try this too. And and I think that was the difference. And you know, and it's and it's not even a thing. Like I said, I don't know if it's better or worse. I think it's just different. And I think yeah. that's where where we are. And I do feel very proud of the work we put in to try to stay very true to our initial feelings, mm-hmm. our initial ideas. These songs, there's times when I would, I'll tell you, this is, oh, this is it right here. I have overproduced a numerous amount of songs in my history. Most Mm -hmm. producers will tell you that, like, right. I've overwritten a numerous amount of songs. My insecurity has kicked in and I just kept adding a snare, kept adding this and that and put strings over it or (laughs) writing another uh, additional Mm -hmm. verse. I can't allow this space to happen and whatever. And I don't think that that happened this go around. I think this time was very much a true aspect of like, does it feel done? Mm -hmm. Then it's done. Does it move Mm -hmm. you? Does it give you goosebumps? Then it's done. You know? And I think that was the difference with this album. I feel that when I listen to each song, I love opening up a CD and the thought and the love that you put into this, just the packaging it took me all the way back to when I opened, I'm a huge Janet Jackson fan. When I would get a mm. Janet Jackson CD and open it up and read all the details, because I think everybody that puts into a project is very important. And yeah. I see that in everything that you did with this project. Not that you haven't done it previously, but this just seems, feels like something special. And you just explained it, that you allowed other people to put more of an input in it, which I think is amazing. Yeah, because you have crafted such a strong team. And speaking of your team, a lot of people really talk to you about your music, but not many people speak to you as a CEO. You Mm. have had a company for 21 years and you have maintained a business for 21 years. And that is something to be applauded. When you started with Blue Arrow Soul, did you anticipate that 21 years later you'd still be here? <laughs> no, you know, man, I was no, definitely not. I wish, you know, we were so up and down, you know, in this business, and one year make a ton of money, next year be flat broke, and stuff like that. So I mean, <laughs> if you told me, whoever how old I was at that time, that uh, twenty one years later, that I would still be able to be doing this, I, I mean, I would hope, but I, I don't think I ever even thought that far. You know, right. I don't know if I, I thought that far. I, I really. I don't know. Um, but I did know that I, where I was, I wasn't satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, we, at that point, when we made that shift, when I started Blue Arrow Soul, things were actually working very good. I, I probably sabotaged myself a great deal, but I was landing more songs than I had ever landed. I had a publishing deal that was, that put some money in my bank account that, it, you know, I had money and all like that. So it wasn't like, I made this shift because nothing else was working. I made this shift because okay. I wasn't content. Mm. You know, I was like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go the rest of my life doing this type of music. I don't want to mm-hmm. go the rest of my life making songs and taking it to meetings in New York going, what do you think? <laughs> you want to put it on this art? You know, 
right. And compromise and compromise and creativity. I, I love so many C words. I've been writing this essay about that, like completion, creativity, consistency, collaboration, mm-hmm. you know, and all those things. Mm-hmm. And I guess compromise. Now I think about what I say. One thing that I didn't put in that essay was compromise, but I might need to put it in there. <laughs> Yes. And maybe what, but what you should not compromise. There's certain things that I feel like you shouldn't compromise. You know, that initial idea that took your breath away. I don't know if you compromised that. And that, that, I think that was what I, what I turned away from. Right. And I risked all the money from whatever. And thankfully the business took off and, and saved me mm-hmm. and allowed me to find that place where I didn't have to compromise. And I found some great workers over time. And, you know, just the other day, um, Anshia and Demo and I believe Sweetlocks as well were, were saying this is the longest job they've had. Oh, wow. And I, I meant a lot. I was like, wow, you know, that um, I'm not firing them anytime soon either, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it meant a lot for them to say that. And, and even, you know, through the pandemic, we were able to still pay salaries. Oh, wow. You know, we were able to still work things out. And I think that's that's the responsibility of being a CEO. I, I'll tell everybody with my company, the company has never really been about being Motown or being the biggest company. Mm-hmm. What I stand on is that when you look at the nucleus, the foundation of people that started this company, they, they've always moved better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think it gives enough room for you to learn, improve, experiment so that you either improve my business or you can go and it improves your business or the next company that you go to. Mm-hmm. And the track record it shows that, you know, the track record. Um, I don't know if the, if everyone's successful after this because of Blue Arrow Soul, but I think we are a part of that. I think we are a part of that. And I'm, I'm proud of that. You know, it definitely the way that you put out product and your integrity and your work, it definitely shows that you have a strong work ethic and a solid team behind you because I haven't, I don't see the missteps. <laughs> sure. There's many, <laughs> but, but I don't think the public sees them. Speaking of your team, you have two dynamic black women on your team. And of course we yes. are black women amplified. And I would love to know more about them and how they have helped you become a better businessman. So there's two, um, and you know, it's, it's probably, it's, I argue I can say more now, but it's, but, but, uh, but now all that, those are my two permanent and there's newer members who we're still, you know, um, figuring out. Right. But I'll speak for the two that you, you're talking about. So sweet locks is, is one and sweet locks is best way I can say is my right hand. She's the day to day operator of, um, when you see the posts on Instagram and Facebook and if I am, she's the one who holds me accountable. Mm-hmm. So she makes sure that I get my stuff done. I guess that's probably the best way. And at the same time, if I have some quirky, crazy idea, she's the one who's going to figure out how we do it. Oh, wow. That's, that, that's, that's sweet lock. She's the one who, we're shooting a music video. She's keeping us on time so that, so that we don't get too, too loosey. 
<laughs> she's like, we have two more hours on this shot and we have to go to the next thing. Thank you. Like, he's like, and I brought her there for that. And I'm like, ah, but I'm trying to work this. Like, she's like, no, we have to finish this. She's the one who keeps us accountable, you know? And it's funny because she's the little sis, but she's probably the big sis of the company, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about Anshia, who's, who's, the, who's my other right hand. And Anshia, you know, so interesting. Anshia was first in this company doing something in another capacity. And at one point, this is probably going back uh, seven years, maybe, or six years. I remember in a meeting, I said, I need more people in booking. I need mm-hmm. more people to, to, to like, I don't need everyone over in this side. I need, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of swamped in booking shows. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, I, I could do that. I can go, I can give it a try. Mm. And she might have had more experience than I really thought she did at the time, but she gave it a try. And now she's literally, it's it's not that she handles booking inside my company. I arguably am signed to her booking company now. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Like she, she has taken on so many clients now and it's really grown because she's just a powerhouse. She really is. And, uh, and just recently, just recently I asked her, I said, Hey, you know, I need more of you. Uh, I need you. I need your brain right. in in other capacities in my build. I know you handle the booking, right. but you're 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 too great of a resource and too great of a mind for me to just allow you to do booking. I need you to 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 come over on this other side as well, mm-hmm. because she she I said she's just a powerhouse, and I really couldn't get any of this stuff done without the two of them. You know, mm. they're really really important, and I think it's important for me. I'm proud of the fact that I've em- employed two amazing black women mm-hmm. to run, literally run my company, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously I have uh Jarrell and Demo. Jarrell. Um, yeah. We, ha- we have, we have <laughs> other people who are, who are just as important. Yes. But you know, without Sweet Locks and without Anshia, this thing doesn't run. It doesn't, uh. you know, I, and I understand that. And, and they're, they're important pieces to, uh, you know, to, to the puzzle and to, to the blue arrow soul imprint. How are you able to move yourself out of the way so that they can lead in different aspects of your company? I'm I'm still learning, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it used to be, it really used to be that you would have to pry the work out of my hands. Right. You know, it really used to be that. And, um, but then it gets to the point where, I mean, you just don't have but so much time. You don't have so many hours in a day. And I had to learn to delegate mm-hmm. and they do a good job of wrestling things out of my hands as well. But, um, I, I think, you know, I think if I reminded that what I want for them and I think with all of it, there's always a point and this happens with everybody. I think, as we're working on a marketing for my album, when we finish a meeting, I talk to Demo and say, okay, now what do you, what did you take from this? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how can you apply it to your album? Mm-hmm. And there's times where, you know, I'll say the same thing to Anshio, or maybe Sweet Lives of Drought, like how, how is this working for your business? So just taking the time to sow into their companies as well. Cause guess what? If their companies improve, it only improves my company and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But it's a level of trust. They've been with me for so, so long and they know when they need to wrestle something out of my hands. Right. You know, it <laughs> right. happens still. It's like I said, still what I struggle with, but, um, but they do a great job, man. And, and I think, you know, the, what I'll tell you, I often said that, um, you know, it's easy to find someone to do great work. Right. Right. 
and it's hard to find someone to do great work in what you want them to do. Yes. Right. And, but the, 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 the part of going to that is that it, it can't work just with everyone just doing great work of what you want to do. You got to give them some room though, to still do the great work that they see they want to do. So it's, it's, it's a, and I think we have, that's what we have right now. We have, I have an amazing staff who hears me, mm-hmm. um, believes in my crazy ideas and dreams Mm-hmm. Uh, they may say they may say differently when I'm not around. Like, right, yeah, it's mine. We gonna follow him. Right, we gonna crash and burn together. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I really want. I said, guess what, man? You know, we failed enough. We survived enough failures that if I if I'm doing something, and I know it's gonna sink. Sink with me, then let's yes, go. 100%. You know, because I know we're gonna climb out of this, and I'm I'm a, I'm gonna pull you, and you're gonna pull me. But trust me, let's see. Because guess what? If it don't sink, it's gonna fly. You know, and. uh and truth be told, I feel like if they come in the room with the same idea that may risk everything, I, I'm probably buying into it too. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. It's, I think we, we're doing really well right now. I'm really proud of my team right now. Really, really proud of, of what they're doing. And I am impressed that you were able to keep your staff through what we have been through in the last two years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That is so impressive. How were you able to navigate all of that? Knowing how to pivot, mm. knowing how to pivot. And truth be told, you know, like even Demo, for Demo, who is our road manager, and and he's, uh, you know, he's taking care of all, that, all the production stuff, and he's doing some booking as well. Mm-hmm. So guess what? We're off the road. Guess what, man? You're going to have to do something else for the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. we can't just, well, you ain't on the road, so I'll See you in two years. Right. No, man, you're going to learn how to do some graphics. You're going to learn how to do this. You're going to have to take on, and he took on other jobs inside the company okay. while we were off the road. And technically everybody did, but we learned how to pivot. I mean, everything went virtual. I was doing so many virtual shows I remember. and we spent a substantial amount of time working on the technology so that we could do a different kind of show and it paid off. It paid off. I mean, there were corporations and just many people who came in and invested in the kind of show we were able to do. And I included my band. And even with that, like my band, I was not just my staff. I was able to pay my band for every show we did, Mm, you know? Um, and, and that meant a lot. So we, we got really, really busy. Of course, we had to take a minute to learn what we were trying to do. And I had this, once again, a little crazy idea. And it's like, wow, why don't we do this? Let me pull up these green screens, these cameras. <laughs> and for about a month, we just crash and burn. And how can we get this? That's not working. This feedback, why is it, you know, it really wasn't working. Right. And everyone was patient and just trying to figure it out. And then it clicked. And, but I think we knew it was going to click. We just had to get to it. And everyone in the staff was all hands on deck, everyone in the staff. So it's not a thing of going, oh, I do booking. So no, I'll be over here. No, I'm not doing that. It's like, if you had to make a flyer, if you had to write a bio, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) If you had to do research on how to do something with a camera, it was like, let's do that. Because, you know, the touring, the shows is the main income. Mm-hmm. And that got that got evaporated. It was gone. So, mm. all right, how are we gonna how are we gonna make this money? We because we got to make this money, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and we were able to make it. We we were arguably at one point during the pandemic busier 
right. than than we were if we if it wasn't a pandemic. You know what I mean? And we were like enormously busy and profitable. It was like really, really moving mm-hmm. and working. You know, so I, I, I by no means I wouldn't trade. I, I would I would definitely wish that we never had a pandemic. You know, first and foremost, one hundred percent. But we were able to pivot and make the best out of it. And you did it well because I I watched a couple of the online concerts and I said, no, wait a minute. Is Steven Spielberg over here? Like what's really going on? Because that technology was phenomenal. (laughs) I said, Eric, you need to just sell how to do how to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you know, I mean, I I taught myself. No, I can't say that. That's not that's not the right credit. I taught myself a lot of Final Cut, but yet at the same time, I had a lot of friends who helped me and taught me Final Cut and graphic mm-hmm. design. And But I also fell in love with graphic design. I really fell in love with all of that. And it became a new passion for me as well. But but we wanted to really, you know, for me, I didn't want to just hire a whole bunch of graphic artists. And I did hire some, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to just hire a whole bunch. I, I had to show what I wanted, wanted first. Mm-hmm. And then if I had to go through that level of just even showing you what I wanted, I might as well, there's some of it I might as well just go ahead and do. Right. You know, so it, it worked out. You know, I'm really happy with how that is. And, and guess what? We the green screen is the green screen is still set up. We still working, you know. Real talk. <laughs> it was a, a beautiful and and to have some peace and joy during that time was uh, really heartwarming. And that you took enough care, you and your team took enough care to put that out there. I know you had to get mm. paid, but a lot of people didn't go to that extreme. I mean, there was one point where. <laughs> You were doing a duet with Avery Sunshine. I said, I know she's not at this house. How is he yeah. doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's what I want you. That's what I, and I was, that's what I want everybody to think. Like, how is he pulling this off? Right. You know, and I think the magic of it was also like, you know, we had to learn how to sing and read. Right. So I, I had to mm-hmm. sing and look at a chat. So people at that point were watching pre-recorded shows for quite some time because I'm on stage with a full band and, and they're, mm-hmm. they're in the graphics. They're moving and disappearing and popping up and whatever, whatever. And, and then someone will say, I'm really enjoying this. And I'll say, oh, thank you, Tamika. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Or mm-hmm. someone will say, I like your hat. And I say, I really, oh, you like the hat? I appreciate it. <laughs> and, and what will happen is every time they'll go, oh, my God, wait a minute. This this is live. Like, right? oh, no, he, he sees me. Like, he knows I'm here. And it, it would change their whole perspective. So now the thing's flying over my head. They're like, yo, how is this happening? Right. You know, so... But it went through a lot of good friends helping me figure out technology. And we had some ideas. Uh, a good friend of mine, DJ Moss, I got to give him a lot of credit because he was the one, you know, before that. And honestly, we were doing some virtual. I was in the studio just standing in front of my speakers going, uh, can I borrow you? You know, and we were, we were actually making money doing that. It was like, it was horrible, but it was like we were doing it. And, and, um, and then he was like, yo, I got this idea. And he's like, are you watching what these DJs are doing? And this and that. he said, yo, you got to try to figure out how to do that. Oh, wow. Like, how do you, how do you sync it all together and have your band playing? You know, and, and I was like, all right. And we probably stayed up for a month, like a month mm-hmm. to like four o'clock in the morning every night, just trying. And it wasn't working for the first three weeks. It was not working. Mm-hmm. And then it clicked. It's like, you know, because uh, you were trying to, you know, what is it? It's like, I'm trying to broad. I'm trying to create something on my computer, then send it to the screen, and then yet at the same time send it back to me so I can hear it, and then send it back. It was like it was just 
it was mind boggling. We would we were really crashing and burning, but but it worked out and um and we were we were all better for it. We helped people get their minds off of what they were going through for a while. Yes, you did, because I was in lockdown for two and a half months and couldn't work. I said, well, at least I have Eric. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. So let's get into this book, Lessons, Mm. 100 Thoughts on Life and Love by Mr. Eric Roberson. Now, I know that you have a journal, journals full of poetry, essays, thoughts, song ideas. How were you able to condense this down to just 100? And is there a volume uh, two coming out? <laughs> you know, that's the jo- that's the running joke right now is that like people are like, are you doing another one? Because, you know, when we're, as we're this whole thing started from, you know, marketing uh, campaign for lessons. Right. So mm-hmm. each for each uh, for each I would show a movie clip or a TV show, like your favorite part of Love Jones, or your favorite part of Love and Basketball, your favorite part of Martin, favorite part of Different World. And you know, just that we'll put the music to it and it would create a conversation piece. It worked. It really, it really mm-hmm. did work. But then, um, the next part was, well, what if we, what if we add, like, what if we add a, a lesson to it? Mm. And I remember the first time I did, it, it was like, are we really going to do this? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I, I probably thought we were going to do in all honesty, I thought we were going to do like 20. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like right. I thought it'd be like, yeah, we'll, this, this we'll is cool. put a few out there and see we'll what put happens. Put a few out there, see what happens. <laughs> right. You know, and then we're like, then we're at like 79, right? And it's like, I think we're at like 79. <laughs> Do we keep going with this thing? You know, it's like, and you know what the beautiful thing was, it grew into something different. You know, I always challenge myself in writing. It doesn't have to be a song. It doesn't have to be a poem. Sometimes it just have to be layers. Like lessons at the end of the day could also be called layers Mm. right like the album as well as the book but the book especially because i may watch a a movie scene Mm -hmm. and the movie scene would be very simple and initially i'll watch and i'll go there's nothing here there's nothing there's no lesson in this wow Mm -hmm. okay and i had to watch it again and watch it again and the more i watched it the more i wouldn't look at the lead character i look at the supporting act Mm-hmm. Or now I might look at the extra on the, or then I look at the food they're eating or mm. the way they touch the other person's shoulder. And the more you watch it, the more you remove the initial layer of the story. Right. And maybe the layer after that. And then that's where the lesson would be at. And some of the best writing in that book was from staring at one thing for an hour. Oh, wow. And the longer I stared at it, mm-hmm. the more I got from it. And the more I got from it. And then, and guess what? You, you know, that's the magic of the Bible. You know, that's the magic mm. of uh, so many movies and, and just art in general that there's layers to it that you can feed from. And here's um, one of the simplest ones is, oh man, I got the book right here. Let's see if I could see how fast I can find it. There's uh, what's it? Best man two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best man two is just, we took the scene where they were doing the, um, they were doing the dancing for their wives. Yes. And that's all it was. They were dancing for their wives and we took lessons and just had them do that. I don't think that's that. Let's see. Let's see if I can find this. Lord, I don't have to make you edit this thing. Good Lord. Uh, sir, um, you have an index in the back. I'm looking at the, and that's what I'm looking at. That's the crazy oh. part. I'm looking at the index. <laughs> so it's either 10. 
or it's uh no no it's lesson six. Look at that lesson Seven number six. Days. It's right there. Lesson number six. It was so right okay. there in front of my face. I, I went right back. I, I started in the back, and that's the that's the problem. Okay, so <laughs> they were dancing, right? Uh-huh. They were dancing for their wives, and it was like, okay, what is there to get out of this? And the more I watched it, so what I got out of it was lesson number six. If you find yourself with someone special in the early stages mm. of love. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to entertain the idea of becoming more. Allow the thought to dance in your mind, perform in your dreams and compose your prayers. Let God choreograph your steps and watch your idea transpose to a beautiful reality. Mm. And it's like that came from just those guys imitating new edition. You know what right. I mean? It was like, but the moment I was like, oh, they're on stage, mm-hmm. but we're talking about the stages of love and the stages of life. It's not necessarily. So, and once I saw that, it just another layer opened up, you know, and that's the beauty of writing. That's the <laughs> beauty of discovering and, 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 and observation and collaboration and stuff like that. So the book has a lot of that, you know, of we take something very small and very simple and it, and mm-hmm. it pulls something that moves me and improves me, you know, first and foremost. You better give us some Shakespearean sonnets. <laughs> well, up in here. <laughs> now, speaking mm. of the book, I picked out a few of my favorites. I'll nice. probably just go through a couple and I want to read them and I'd love to hear the origin story behind them. Um, okay. Just like you did now. Now, lesson 42. Now I have to ask the question, is this a nod to Chadwick Boseman? Let me go to lesson 42. I'll just have you read it. How about that? Okay. Lesson 42 was, uh, was about, so that's from the movie 42, which is about Jackie Robinson. Yes. And then perception is the foundation of happiness. Therefore it is extremely difficult to make someone happy when they don't have the capacity to see you. But when you are seen, your presence will awaken a joy in them and your heart will amplify it. And there's a scene in there where, where Chadwick Boseman is playing Jackie Robinson. And, the, and I forgot the young lady's name who plays his wife. She's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's speaking of, are you happy? Did my, did my mom seem happy at the wedding? Did my brother seem happy at the wedding? Mm-hmm. And then, and then she says, were you happy at the wedding? Mm-hmm. And then, and then he said, come on, of course. And she said, but what if I can't make you happy? And I think that's, that was the spark of, of that aspect of like perception is the foundation, you know, of, of happiness. But, um, for someone to, for you to be able to make someone happy, they have to be able to see you. Right. Right. They have to be able to see your you heart. Have a, and, you have a song about that. We'll talk about yes, that and, I, and, I, and that and that bled into on the albums. The song "Seen" mm-hmm. had to learn to be seen for love to find its home. Yes, and and I think a lot of that also goes back to even like when I was trying to get signed early in my career, but yet I had spent so many years introducing myself as Eric Robeson, a songwriter. Why would someone sign me when they don't see me that way? Mm-hmm. They don't see the artist in me because I wasn't presenting the artist in me. I had to, I had to learn to allow that part of me to be seen mm-hmm. to, to risk everything. And I think maybe introducing myself as Eric Robinson, a songwriter was a safe way, right? but I was hiding other aspects of my abilities, other aspects of my career. 
And so we have to learn to meet success where it will see you at. Learn to meet love where it will see you at. I think that's the part of of that. I mean, I I think the the honor is really the fact that Chadwick Boseman played Jackie Robinson, which was a great mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. and a great person for him to, you know, but I think that was just really pulling from from that scene. Mm, that that's beautiful. Um another mm. one that I fell in love with is Lesson 100. Oh. On page 97. Let's go to it. If you feel something, challenge yourself to support it, especially if you find that the thing to support is yourself. And I, yeah, I wanted to end with that. I held the last lesson I wrote out of all of these was lesson 100. And, you know, I think from the very first time when I started Blur of Soul, I would get on stage and I would end the concert going, if you feel something, I challenge you to support it. And it didn't have to be my albums. It didn't have to be my show. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be an example that you could find something you could feel. Right. You know, so if you feel this, I challenge you to support it. If not, go support your friend's business. Go go eat somewhere at a restaurant that somebody you know put effort in that restaurant and the food that's there. But the new epiphany that I had 20-something years later mm-hmm. in that same state, I've been saying that statement for 20-something years, mm-hmm. but the statement means more when if you feel something, I challenge you to support it. What do you feel in your heart? Stop ignoring it. What do you feel in your mm. gut? What do you feel in your spirit? I challenge you to support it. And that's how, when I say I challenge you to support, I don't mean buy my book, buy my album. I challenge you to follow what that feeling is. Mm-hmm. You know, what that feeling is, what, what God is nudging you to do mm-hmm. and how often we ignore those things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I challenge you to not ignore it. And I think that's the, that's what a lesson 100 meant for me. That's beautiful, especially in this time where people are reevaluating their lives and yes. what's important to them yes. and how they're going to live the next five years. I think that's a pivotal message to give to people. And I love how the lessons come into your music, this album, which I'm telling you, Eric, I think I've listened to it 15 times. And I got oh, it on good. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened. To, I was listening to John Baptiste and I put that down. I said, I got to pick up mm-hmm. Eric. And I keep going back because I hear more and more in it mm. um, as I go. And your pen game, let's talk about that a little bit. Your pen game is legendary. Uh-huh. Tell us some of the people that you have written for. I've had the fortunate opportunity to work and write for a lot of people. Music Soul Child, Jill Scott, Vivian Green, Charlie Wilson, Will Downing, mm. uh, Carl Thomas, 112, Kenny Lattimore, Shante Moore, uh, Algebra Blessed, mm-hmm. um, and a slew of others that, that my mind is escaping me. <laughs> you know, but... um. I've been really fortunate, you know, I've been really fortunate to work with people I believe in, people I'm friends with, uh, people I would, I would have bought their albums, whether I was on their album or not, you know. So it's it's been an honor to, to be able to do that, you know, to be able to share that those many ideas with so many different people. And the beauty of your music is we've also been able to be, be introduced to people that I never heard of before. For instance, your song, Letting My Guard Down with Lumu uh, Fresh. First yeah. of all... Let me tell you, that's some Jill Scott stuff right there. That's some Erica Badu stuff right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's a prayer. I mean, I, I listened to it again and again, and I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I could. <laughs> uh, but, but to hear your energy 
flowing with her energy. It's definitely a combination between the feminine and the masculine yeah. about letting your guard down. Um, you know the, so, so the beauty is that, you know, we sing it together so okay. you can, you can take it for what it's worth that the man is saying it just as much as the woman's saying it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, there's something for that. I think there's, there's no accidents. What I will tell you is when we wrote the song, we wrote it. So we do this uh, event called Chasing Goosebumps, DJ Jazzy Jeff does, mm-hmm. where he, he brings us all to the studio. and we, we make an album in one week. Mm-hmm. And it's the craziest thing. It's really, really crazy. But yet at the same time, um, it can be very rewarding. We were working on her album for Chasing Goosebumps when we were making an album for her, uh, for Moomoo Fresh. Mm-hmm. And she's a very powerful, principled artist and woman. And every song was very strong and defiant. And I'm a warrior and I'm a strong black woman. You ain't going to tell me nothing, you know? And I think, so I wrote it with the, with the young lady named uh, Musina and mm-hmm. my uh, Carvin Hagens, these two other writers. And what we did was we wanted to approach the other side of the warrior you know, mm. like what happens when you get home and you take off the armor? Mm-hmm. Like, do you love hard too? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is there a moment? Is there a moment where you allow yourself to be loved? And I think that's where letting my guard down came from. Like, you know, at some point we got to take the capes off. Some point we got to take the armor off mm-hmm. and allow ourselves once again to be seen and then to be loved. And then singing it together blurs the line of who needs to do it more because we both need to do it. So you were physically in the studio together singing it? Yes. And oh, what wow. I will tell you is that <laughs> we have footage of it. We laughed. You know, <laughs> the, let me tell you, and Oshula Day will tell you, if the giggles enters the vocal booth, you <laughs> might as well cancel the session. <laughs> You might as well, you might as well say, this was nice. I'll see you tomorrow. Right. 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 And foolishly, because she, neither one of us lives in Delaware. We we had no choice but to fight through it. Right. And we probably fought through it for about two hours, maybe three hours of laughing, of falling to the floor before we finally got a takeout. Before we finally was able to sing it all the way down. And, and I mean, and it was a complete struggle. <laughs> it was a complete struggle. But that's my, that's one of my laughing buddies, man. And I don't know how it started, but the, for the first two hours, it was for so. <laughs> it was like, that was the first two hours. Like, first three hours. It's like, and we, t- and we had a camera on us the whole time. We, I mean, literally, it was, that's how it went for the, and it was just, Oh, it was just so silly. That but we got so through, we got funny. through it. We got uh, through it. You know? That's hilarious. And that that just shows that you all were like ready, but you needed that laugh. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you have to go there. Another song that I'm in love with is Everything. Oh, Jump yeah. off woo, with the lyric, if you walk away from me, you can drain the sea. It won't be as empty as me. It won't be as empty as me. Yeah. I that, I had to pause. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a song of extremes, right? It's we're songwriters, so it's it's a song of extremes. But uh but um 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that line. Um, if you walk away from me, you could drain the sea. It won't be as empty as me. And you know, what's interesting is that, uh, so I don't know what, so if I wrote lessons on a Tuesday, I don't know what day it was. I think I wrote everything that Friday. Mm. It was only a few days after that, that, mm-hmm. um, which once again, I think we found this rhythm and we started, you know, going like, this is where it tells you that his album is coming, you know? Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, to me, to me, everything is like lessons cousin. It's like it's first cousin, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good song. We really feel good about it. And I love the ending. I love this. The both songs have this very spiritual aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Where you're talking about God in a different subject matter, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thanking God for how amazing you are. Um, and the end of everything has that, that there's such an intimate, such an intimate moment. It's very church quartetish, but yet it's talking about how special someone is to you. And uh, yeah, I, I feel good. I feel really good about that song. It's, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. I'll tell you what, there's going to be a lot of babies born to this album. Hey, hey! This is like that that juicy Maxwell Hang sweet type of vibe, uh, <laughs> but bigger and uh, and and completely you. The last song I want to ask you about is uh, "Good Loving." This Ooh. is what I want to know. First of all, sexy song, but I have to know what is Pops laughing at at the end of the song. Speaking of laughter, I think he well he's laughing at my mom because he goes. <laughs> He goes, did you ever think it could get better than this? And, and I, I forgot what she said. She might say, no, baby, or something like that. <laughs> and I think it's just the joy of that. They were having such a good time in the studio. And uh, that laugh is everything to me. That laugh is because the song I might be singing about a different type of good loving. Right. But the beautiful thing is like, once again, we talk about layers right here. I'm talking about. You know, I don't need a chili. I don't need you to pay no bills. I just need you to rub on me is technically what I'm singing about, right? And then here comes my dad at the end of the song, and he's talking about, you know, we've been together for 50-something years. Mm. And, and who would have thought, you know, we was from this little country, little hick town, and we would have all this. Do you mm. think it could be this good? Do you think it could be as good as this? And she goes, no, baby. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, um, and it means that it's like the layers of good loving, the layers of, you know, uh, how they got this far mm-hmm. by leaning on each other, by that's the definition of good loving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, it means far deeper than than my little crasp, <laughs> crasp stuff I was saying in the beginning. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, but that's the beauty. And there's, there's no accident because guess what? They could have came over when I was working on Don't Run From Me, Baby. Or they could have came over when I was working on Scene. They came over when I was working on Good Loving. Mm-hmm. That's what they came with. So there's no accident. I'm very much, I trust the reasoning for things. I trust that you know, if you showed up for this, this is why you showed up. Then mm-hmm. this is, for, for, you know, and there are no accidents and, and it, it, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Now it would have sounded good if he, if he, if my dad showed up when we were doing start all over again, he probably would have sung on that and it probably would have been good, but he, but, it, but it made sense that he showed up when I was working on good loving and it probably needed a different perspective for that song. And I'm glad he did it. Well, the level of wisdom that he, yeah. uh, even in that little bit that he gave, the level of wisdom to 
to be in a marriage for 50 plus years and still laugh and giggle with each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. I really, really, I want to get into this last section, but I really appreciate you talking about this album and this book because I think it's not only is it beautiful, but it's very important for right now because everybody's dealing with so much of many other things that we need a place to um, mm. collect our thoughts and gather ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Now, the next section I want to get into, the next part is you have a very great way of expressing a man's perspective <laughs> hmm. through the uh, lens of love and relationships. And this is going to be like a rapid speed thing because I know you got to get out of here. I asked my tribe if they had one question to ask a man, what would it be? So I have a few questions. And if hmm. you are game. Game. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right. Lauren wanted to know. What are you doing to heal your prior trauma? Uh, assessing who I am today and realizing that the pri previous trauma belonged to who I was before. Mm. And if I no longer have to honor the promises I made when I was something else, why should I carry on anything from before? Everything should be dedicated into the now. And I think so it starts with that perception first. Um, if it's a stronger level of trauma, then it should take certain levels of steps. And maybe that's therapy. My new thing is like finding time to find time. Mm. So find time to ca carve out some time to address what happened before and how you're different now. You know, just tell you, we, we bought a truck recently. You're not, mind you, not the most expensive crazy out of the, the blue truck or whatever right <laughs> we bought a truck recently we brought a brand spanking i wanted i wanted, I wanted that joint straight off the truck like, give me that truck right there right i, I want i'm usually one who will buy a couple of years old i, I want to cut a couple of years off save me some money that's the more smart thing to do right right but this for some reason i was like i'm not i want this one i want this one right here i want it brand new i want the screen to be disrespectful i want everything whatever, whatever. and my wife was like but that's such and such and such that's a that's a lot right it was like once again we wasn't buying a ferrari truck or a range rover <laughs> but she still was like that's a lot uh -huh. and i was like that's a lot for the bank account we had when we first got married mm. it's not a lot for what the bank account we got now just from just keeping really 100 it's not mm -hmm. i'm not outlandish i'm not buying an ashton martin I, I, there's no need i don't have a desire for, to like go that crazy you know but guess what i can't live off of what my bank account once was Mm -hmm. I got to live off what my bank account is now. Same thing for my spirit. Same thing for my dreams. Same thing for my morals, my perception. I can't live life today off of mistakes or dreams or promises that I made to others or to myself before. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to assess who I am today and what promises do I want to make to myself now. And I think that's that's the way you you start the healing process. You can't see me, but I'm over here in the amen corner talking about amen. Hallelujah. I have a, a group of goddess girls. We talk, we, they live in California and we talk once a month. And the theme that we had for this year was to normalize luxury. Mm, nice. And, and I like to, that. Yeah. To, to be open, like you said, be open to the experiences of where we are now, not where we were in our twenties. So you're in a perfect alignment with that. 
Thank you for that. That was I'm mean, gonna have to listen to this a thousand more times. Oh no, you're all good. You're <laughs> the second good. the second question is from Stacy. She wants to know what is your definition of a man? Ooh, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I ever thought about that. What is your definition of a man? Ah, that's right. great. <laughs> okay. Um my definition of a man is see see that's why I want to be careful because I don't want to disrespect the definition of a woman right. in trying to define a man. Mm-hmm. Uh but the definition of a man is is a person who is willing to protect what he feels he needs to protect, stand in the way uh he feels will guide those who follow him and stand with him. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because as much as I want to, you want to speak about strength, the new thing for me in defining a man is how willing, how willing they are to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. As much mm-hmm. as it's, it's the contradiction, as much as I want to tighten the cape and show how much I'm Superman. Mm-hmm. I also want to loosen the cape and show you my flaws Right. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's the balance. The balance is that a man, the definition of man is someone willing to protect you, but man enough to tell you that they need some protection too. I think that's you the know? one thing that made people fall in love with Denzel is that one tear. You got yes. to see his sensitive side and that he yes. was in pain, even though he was standing there being strong. And And I do believe that more men and women need to get to the place where you're comfortable with that. To be able to show your, I'm not even going to call it soft, uh, vulnerable side, because that's about being yeah. seen, right? Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's the whole thing. So, you know, I, you know, it's funny. Bill Withers said he said the only difference between a male song and a female song is the ego. Mm. At the end of the day, we want the same thing. A man wants love just like a woman wants love. Mm-hmm. You know, his strength and stature brings on obligation. Mm-hmm. And that obligation we may confuse as the definition of a man. Right. But for me, the definition of a man might be the same as the definition of a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, at the end of the day. <laughs> I, I mean, really, in all honesty. You know, that's why I was like, Paul, I'm like, ah. Oh. Everything I'm saying, I'm like, oh, but I kind of would define her that way too. You know what I mean? You know? Well, well you're defining, the, what you're defining is the human experience. The human experience, you're absolutely right. What Mm -hmm. I will tell you is that it's different, though, because where men are logical, women are emotional. Where where, where men are emotional, women are logical, Mm -hmm. right? And where men are competitive, women are competitive in a whole different way. doesn't mean they're not as competitive. They're more competitive, but just in a different way. Mm -hmm. Where men are strong, uh, maybe from a physical sense, Women are even stronger, maybe that in a different sense, mm-hmm. right? But we both have strength. We both are competitive. We both are logical. We both are emotional, but just different. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's truly the yin and yang. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's, we're the same in some yes. regard. But in my household, I think we figured out the fact that my, my wife runs this house, you know? I think she, I, I protect the house and she runs it. Mm-hmm. If that makes the most sense. 
Oh, 100%. You all have defined what your marriage is for you. Yeah. And it works because 13 years in, you're heading to 54 years. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. Right. Listen, God so, willing. So I wanted to know, what is your secret to staying in love? Being willing to learn someone over and over again and having the perception of, of falling in love with what you learn. You know, my wife would not be the same person in 10 years. She's not the same she was 10 years ago. Not saying that she's more or less. What what she is is that she's amazing and I'm willing to to learn how amazing she's about to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think that's the part of staying in love is, is, is the respect aspect, first and foremost, that she's earned the right for me to find time to find how special she is, mm. you know, and never get so busy or never get so occupied to the point where I can't for, I can allow myself to forget the pain she went through to give me my kids, mm-hmm. the fact the sacrifice she, she went through to allow me to have the career I have mm-hmm. the patience, the patience and support she's provided to all of that. And that's at the tip of my tongue when I tell her I love her. That's right there, you know? So, so uh, that to me is the formula is that whoever she's going to be, whatever she's going to do, I'm going to learn that and love that. Oh, that is so beautiful. I have, yeah. My aunt and uncle have been married almost 60 years. And the one thing I've told my uncle, my aunt's husband, is that the one thing I appreciated about him was the fact that he allowed her to be herself. Yeah. And they're in their eighties. And so for a man to have that level of insight in an era where a wife was a specific thing, he allowed her to be successful too. And mm. that has been my example. And mm. um, I see that that is your example as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And we're blessed. We're blessed to have examples like that too. You know, not everybody has, not everybody has that. And I realize that. So I don't take it. I don't take it lightly. Well, I have, let me tell you something, Eric, I have appreciated this conversation on so many levels. I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I have one last question. No problem. And then you can give your information about your tour coming up, your dates, where people can find you and all the good things. Nice. I'm a, a Jesus girl. Amen. And I believe where two or more gathered, uh, there is God. And so I always end my conversations with asking a question that we can put into the universe so we can all Mm. uh, gather around it. So my question to you is, what is the wish for the next phase of your career? That's a great question. Um, You know, my wish kind of goes back to you know, my, my theory in all of it, and that's, you know, honestly, I, I wish to just be able to see what's next. Mm-hmm. I wish to be able to be aware of what's next. I, I often say that the window of opportunity is guaranteed. It's just not guaranteed. You'll see it. Mm. So my wish is not for it to be bigger. I just wish to be able to to be able to acknowledge it, perceive it and understand whatever's to come, whether it's bigger or, or smaller that I can learn. If it's smaller, I can learn from it. You know, if it's, if it's bigger, I can be moved by it, mm-hmm. you know, not cause I will tell you, I'll be honest with you. 
there was a period of where in my career, my all my dreams that came true and it, it felt like an obligation. Mm. I wasn't having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I wasn't having fun because I didn't have the ability to be able to see it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was very lost, very lost in the, in just the weight of how much it, how much it was taking from me. And I was like, ah, oh, oh, I got to sing again. I go <laughs> get on a plane again. Oh, I'm just tired. I don't want to do it. You know, I, I was really was way down. Mm-hmm. I really was way down by it. And, and, uh, I think the whole thing of music fan first, like I became a fan of this again, mm. you know? So I think my, my wish is that I can, I'll be able to receive it correctly. That's beautiful wish. It's yeah. a beautiful wish. I, I, as people can probably tell, we know each other. I'm trying to act like we don't know each other. <laughs> Girl, you better stop. Right. <laughs> trying to be all professional. You better but stop. <laughs> I have to tell people your dedication. I'll tell one story. I know many stories, but your dedication. One year, you were coming to St. Louis to perform, mm-hmm. and we had a tornado. My God. I yes. <laughs> And you called me and you said, uh, so what's the weather like? I'm like, the tornado's over. You should be cool because you were deciding, should you get on the plane? And I was like, it should be cool. But then I said, Eric, uh, let me be real serious with you right now. We're going through a rebellion right now. This is when Ferguson was going on. Uh, and, I, and I said to you, we need this. And you uh, said, you said I'm getting on the flight. And I don't think I ever properly thanked you for that. But the way you elevated us in that moment was nothing but God. And yeah. I really appreciate you getting on that flight and hmm. showing us the love. And I just wanted to sincerely say thank you because I don't think I did it at the time. <laughs> you didn't. Look at you. It's overlooked me. Rude, so, no, no, rude. Rude. Just rude. You know? But that's no, your but dedica- I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, it's all love. I appreciate that. No, and, uh, you know, I remember that conversation. I remember that time. That was a tough time. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Once again, music is an act of service. And we were able to come there and help people heal a little bit. Yes. Take their minds off. Doesn't mean it, I want you to forget about it. No, it's not that. It's just we're going to let you kind of process that. But take a break from it for a second so that you can reapproach it and be be strong and I think that was important. I remember that night. I remember the exact venue and everything that, <laughs> that night, like it was yesterday. It was a great night and it was definitely a healing for a lot of us. And that just shows your dedication to your fans, mm. to your to your process and to your art. And that says a lot about your character. And I really wanted to take the time to have this interview so that people can get to know more about the Eric Roberson that I love and know. Now that we're finally done with all the questions please share with our audience how they can find you where they can order the book the album and any events that you have coming up that they can participate in they can go to eric Roberson <laughs> music.com and uh order whatever they want t-shirts books cds um yeah it's all at eric Roberson music.com they also could find all like my social media stuff at uh arrow 44 instagram erro 44 at instagram and we have a special thing called the process uh where People subscribe to follow me in the studio, meaning every idea I make, even the books and all the writing, as fast as I create it, they get a copy of it. Um, they get a chance to watch the process from something 
you know, from the start to finish. And if anyone's interested in joining that, all you have to do is go to jointheprocess.com to join. Yeah. So Eric, <laughs> thank you for our date. <laughs> thank you as well. I had a lovely time. A lovely, lovely time. You are phenomenal as always. And uh, look forward to seeing you again. I in, know. In, in the loo. Amen. <laughs> or around around the globe since I'm traveling again. I might pop up in a city that you're in. I know. That's right. I ain't mad at you. So again, thank you for everything. I appreciate you being here. And I want to say have a beautiful night. And I can't wait to see you release all of this fabulous music to the world on April the 1st. I love it. Love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Need anything else, give me a holler. Most definitely. Thank you again. Bye. All right, no doubt. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining.